0: Hello, this is Sakina, and this is the first week of Mentoring Mastermind Membership Group for Technical Professionals. Today is Saturday, August 1st. Okay, so I basically sent some homework to you, Bev, um, the content, and I was wondering if you got a chance to read it and take the via character strength and see what you thought about the results. Yes,
1: yeah, so I, I did my um my character assessment and then I also um, read the Breaking the Coat Series 1 um, where it talks a lot about you. I thought that was very interesting to learn about, uh, you know, who you are and your experiences and what you have um, to offer us as individuals who want to grow in the field of, you know, STEM.
0: Yes, yes. And uh, one of the roles that um, on Series 1 that I sent to you – was um, a NICE position um, called the All-Source Collection Manager. That's one of the first roles of the cybersecurity framework for NICE that I worked on and set the standard for cybersecurity professions. So I was wondering, were you familiar with that role and looked at the abilities that it takes to actually become one of those professionals based on the information?
1: Yeah, that that's a very interesting question. So when I saw the role, I was not aware that the role, um, such role existed. And so when I was looking at it, um, I said, hmm, like a collection manager. The first thing I was thinking about is, is it someone that is, you know, going to go in and collect? I was thinking of like the money collection person. Um, but then when I said, okay, let me read a little bit more about this, and, you know, talk about an individual that, you know, is going to develop, you know, the, the concepts um, and disseminate information, and and, um, I I thought this role was really interesting. I will say that as I have looked at different roles, for example, on LinkedIn, I don't remember seeing a role with this specific title. So I'm interested in learning more from you as as to what – is there another name for this type of role?
0: Yes, yes. The thing about the NICE framework is that they set general roles and Mm -hmm. as employers – What the disconnect is is that employers are on their own figuring out their own um, employee roles and definitions, and the reason why the NICE was created was to create those roles so everybody has the same lexicon. So there are other names for the all-source collection manager, and I did a little research, and um, I don't know if you've seen in the content already, but there were some similar roles like um operations manager, which was a substitute for collection manager and mm-hmm. intelligence manager. And so, so those I'm are so similar roles that okay. um, fit under that same framework um of the off source collection manager.
1: Okay, okay. So I was looking
0: yeah, yeah. So I was looking online to see what positions are available um right now um, that fit that criteria of the all-source manager. And another title, job title, is called Collections Manager. That's another name for that title. And mm-hmm. it's one position. Um, it starts at 50000 and goes up to 80000 And so it's a really lucrative role. And um, I see positions that are, like, urgently, they're urgently hiring for that position. So... Like I said, there is a lot of jobs out here and a lot of people don't know that they're available and that's the purpose of me having this group to let people know that these jobs are out there and if you have certain abilities and you get the certifications and do the work, you can get the jobs that are out here because they're readily available. Yes. Yep. So when you took the uh via character strength I realized that one of your top strengths is honesty. Did you see did you take a look at the report? I, I did, your...
1: yeah, so I was, yeah. I was looking at um you know looking at my, my uh my strength profile and just, you know, saying, okay, does this is, does this resonate with me? Is that who how I see myself? Um and so yeah, honesty, love, um hope, yeah. Some people say but I just give give up on people, but that's not who I am. Um, and um, one of the things is uh, the number five I would have thought would have been number one, which is social intelligence, is that I pay, try to pay attention to not only what someone is saying, but I, I try to, to also look at faces whenever possible, um, listen to how it's being said, the tone of someone's voice, because it also, um, and a lot of times it gives me more information.
0: Yeah, and hope is um what I found with the via character strengths that hope is one of the most important character strengths to have because if you don't have hope then you, you feel like hopeless, like there is no reason to just move on. You know what I'm saying? So you yeah. having that in your top strengths and what the top five are your top signature strengths which are who you are, which you natur your natural ability. So they're true to who you are. And I don't know if you um, were familiar with this um, assessment, but it's the core of who you are. So when you took this test and analyzed your responses, and these were um, the top strengths, which are your signature strengths. So that's pretty good. And I love that your top one is honesty, because that is hard to come by these days,
1: (laughs) you know, (laughs) with people being.
0: Yeah, yeah. So what I was wondering, um, I have a couple, um, to build on these strengths, um, I have a couple questions in regards to um, something that you can ask yourself to build on those character strengths. Like, for instance, with honesty, one of the questions that you can ask to kind of strengthen that um, character strength is, in what situations do you find you need to... You need to use your honesty and avoid the full truth. Like, how do you find the balance of not hurting someone's feelings, but, you know, point balancing your truth and your honesty with, you know, the conversation or the need of the person? Like, do you find yourself having to
1: hold yourself back from being too honest in certain situations? Um, so I want to, for me, I want to, uh, it's a good question, but I want to differentiate, for me, there, I think there's a difference between honesty and being um, immediately, like, forthcoming, speaking your mind. I think when someone is, you know, always speak their mind very quickly without considering someone else's feelings, while your, your opinion could be, you know, your, your feedback could be honest. I think that you can, it can be hurtful. So I want to be honest, but I don't want to be hurtful in my honesty.
0: So exactly. for an example for me, I'm, I'm
1: a mom. So I'll, you know, instead of saying to my son, you know, uh, that is the craziest thing you've ever thought of, I may say to him, you know, I'm not, I'm not comfortable that that decision is going to work well for you. I'm still being honest, but I'm not being hurtful.
0: Exactly, exactly. And I know um, sometimes with me, like, I have to think before I speak, before I say something, because you do have to consider the other person's feelings. But, um, you know, some people, you know, respect honesty, but sometimes you can be too truthful. So that's why I was bringing that up, because,
1: you know, sometimes (laughs) you do have to find that balance. Yeah, I totally agree that there definitely needs to be a balance, because you You can be honest you can be honest and just be dead wrong,
0: exactly, exactly, yeah, because you might not know the whole scenario, so you know you're only based off your information and what you know, so yeah,, yes. yeah. And then the other one, love, that's beautiful, that that's in your top strength. It means valuing close relationships with others, in particular those in which sharing and caring are reciprocated being close to people. Yes. So that's that's beautiful.
1: very important to me.
0: Yes, yes, yes. And one of the questions that um, I ask with people with the love of, with the strength of love is how do you express love in a healthy way at work, at home, and with friends, like in a healthy way? So that's something to ask yourself to, Um, you know. At work, I mean, you know, we have different, you know, we have different relationships with people, and there's a fine line with that. Um, but you know, at home and with your friends is probably a, a safer place to
1: express that. So right, right, and you can you can show. You know, I I definitely agree that showing love um, in a workplace you need to be careful of that because you know nowadays, well, we're in, prior to the pandemic. Um, you know, the physical hug is not acceptable to every person. So I try to get to know a person. Um, but you know, you know, showing love could be, at, you know, if I'm going to go and grab a coffee to to ask a coworker, would they like? Or if I notice a coworker is having a bad day, to say, you know, are you okay? Is there anything I can help you with? There's there's so many ways to show love in a positive way.
0: Exactly. Exactly. Cool. So that's cool
1: and then another
0: one your hope number 3 like i said that's the most important out of all of them and one of the things you can ask yourself is how does hope help you at a challenging time when have you found that hope got you through a certain situation a challenging situation have you um it, can you remember a time where you use your hope to get through a a, a challenging time
1: absolutely um I'll say most recently is, is the pandemic that we are all, um, you know, we're all facing this. And just, you know, for me, hoping that whatever lessons we are supposed to learn out of this that we learn, um, hope that there will be um, in your or soon that all those who can keep themselves safe by wearing the, you know, superb, um, face masks and gloves and, and practice and so doing that they will find value and actually do it.
0: Exactly, yeah, and and with the pandemic, um, it's important to follow the science and listen to the health care providers because I know in my state of Michigan, our governor is really on top of things, and she's making sure that, You know, people are wearing masks and washing their hands and social distancing. And some people feel that it's kind of a little overbearing to be told what to do, but it's in your best interest because there's people that I know and looked up to that have passed away, and I'm like, wow, you know, it hit close to home. So So hope is definitely a strength that is needed right now for everyone to get through this challenging time really is. Yeah, yeah. So um, going back to the position of collection manager, um, I was looking at um, the job qualification um, on Indeed.com. That's usually the one that I go to to look at what the NICE is and what the employers are actually saying for that position. And um one of the things that they're saying is um this person will be responsible for day to day supervision of collection agents who deal with customer inquiries inbound and outbound by phone and writing. So um it's a diverse role and like I said, with the nice framework, it might be your responsibilities on the job might be totally different. It might be catered to what the business needs of the company are. So what a lot of people don't realize they think they might be underqualified or overqualified, but it just depends on um, you, your experience and what they need. And um, if you go after the certification, you have the educational background, you, you can still apply even if you don't meet all those recommend- requirements. So a lot of people don't realize yeah. that. And so they don't yeah. even apply. Right. And I've applied to jobs that I knew I didn't meet all the requirements, but once I got into the interview, I talked to the things that I've done and how I can actually help them solve their problems. And what I'm learning is that you can do set up your own computer network at home and play around with different things. You can volunteer. You can get the experience necessary. They just want you to have some type of initiative and have a continuous learning mindset, because they can train you on the job, you know? Yes, yes, yes. So that's what a a lot of people don't realize is that, you know, you can still apply and you can, you know, go after these positions. In some
1: of the um, studies that I've read, um, women, it indicated that women were less likely to apply to a role if they didn't meet almost or all of um, the, the what the job was asking for. And, um, you know, I, I hope that we as women can begin to, to see all that we bring and, and be willing to yeah. take a chance.
0: Yeah, because what I realize is that, Just being a mother, you have to wear so many hats, and some of those skills that you learn in parenting, you can help a business with multitasking and all that type of stuff, managerial roles. You can apply some of the stuff that you do in your real world life to what you do in the business. I mean, you just have to be able to speak speak to your strengths. So, yes. And so knowing – and now that you know your VIA character strengths, those are even things that you can talk about in an interview because those are vital sh- character strengths that people don't realize. They they need a person that has honesty. They need a person that has hope. They need those yes. strengths too, not necessarily what the job requires, but those character strengths to get through those challenging projects. So. What do you think now after you've taken the assessment and you've seen all 24,
1: how do you think you can apply that knowing this new information? So for me, um, I, there were, there were um, signature strengths, the, the five that were identified as my top ones. So I was definitely 100% in agreement with those. And then looking at um, the section, second section, which is um, my middle strengths, um, my love for my love for learning and my spirituality of those are very important to me. Um, so I didn't have any. I didn't have anything um, different. There were no aha moments. But I'll tell you what the lesser strength. One of those was uh, teamwork. And so I was like, I was kind of shocked that that was listed as my as my lesser strength. I'm like, I love being around people. I like working in a team. Ah. Okay. Okay. Yeah and um these strengths
0: are not set in stone they change based on your life experience so it's it's just just one point in time that you're taking it and the way that you answer the questions at the present yes. time is how it bases it and they they can change you can you can take it a year from now and they'll probably
1: fluctuate a little bit based on yes. your experience and for the humor, uh, number 23 identified humor. And so for me, when I read the, de- the description of that, um, for me, that I definitely know that is a, um, when I'm at work uh, or in work settings, that is definitely an, an area that I do want to become better at because I become so work focused that I am, I am in a meeting and, and I say my good morning and then I'm ready to get to get to whatever is at hand, and I find that often people, depending on them and their style, they may need a little bit more of downtime from me, a little bit more of um, personal interaction with me before they're ready to start working. So that's been something that I've been, um, you know, paying attention to and trying to adjust. Yeah, yeah, and we have that in common. Like I tend to be a more
0: serious person, and about my work, and I can be working on an individual project and not necessarily need help from a team. Like you said, in teamwork, that wasn't one of your top strengths. I work better solely too, so that's one of my things that I know I would need to work on, but, you know, it just depends. For each person, just knowing the strengths and knowing people that have these different things, just defining them and knowing that you you know, people have different qualities and you can work on these and they can be developed is the key yes. to it. Yes. Yes.
1: And that I think my willingness to want to develop in those areas um are important. I think you I think it's that ties into my my um love of being a life learner.
0: Yes. Yes. Exactly,
1: exactly.
0: Yeah, and love of learning is your number seven, so it's up there. So
1: yeah, that's it. I think it's so. There's just so many things um, that I find interesting that I have to kind of ring myself in and say, okay, let We may have to focus. Maybe, you may have to choose at this moment in time, maybe three or four things. Get you know get get the wisdom that you want in that area, and then move on to something else. Because I'll just like, oh my god, I want to learn everything.
0: Yeah, yeah, and I do that too. Like I have probably over 300 books in my library and I don't know if I'll ever be able to get to read all of them, but just having them and knowing that it's a possibility that if I need something I can just read it
1: is <laughs> <It's laughs> helpful
0: too. But, I, you know, you can overdo it and you can get lost and have a brain, your, your brain hurting from so much information overload that you got to kind of pace yourself, you know.
1: Great. Right. Right, yeah, I agree, I agree. For yeah. the leadership one, um, for leadership, so it's encouraging a group of which one is a member to get things done at the same time, maintain good relations within the group, organizing group activities, and seeing that, that they happen. So for me, that, was, um, that was a little bit, that definition was a, a little different than how I see leadership, so I was like, okay, it's a different way to look at it, um, but I do totally um, um, align with that. Is one of the things that I do want to um, become. I think that's something that you that you continue to need to grow um, your leadership skills. And so one of the ways that I've done that is um, I volunteer.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So tell me what you your definition
0: of leadership. Um, is and how you um, utilize um, that, like, with this definition, this is specifically to the character strength. So how do you see leadership development on your end? Because those are some of the topics that we're going to be talking about in this group, too, to build the leadership skills. So how do you see that as being defined presently?
1: Yes. So so when it sounds like encouraging a group, Of which one is a member to get things done. So for me, um, I look at leadership. I agree with that definition, but I want uh, so that's my ability to encourage a group of people to get something done. I want I want to make sure that others view me as a leader and not the busy bee, Mm
0: -hmm. or not the
1: person that will go in and get things done that no one else wants to do. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. leadership seeing it different than taking the lead. Got it. Got it. Yeah, yeah.
0: Because I've had that problem before where I love doing the assignment, but then I end up being the one that only does the work, and then I feel frustrated because no one wanted to take the initiative to help me. And so you can get in that trap, too, where you're overdoing it and people – have you be the go-to person and everybody else just sitting around and not doing anything so
1: right right <laughs> so yeah so I you know I want to work on my leadership skills absolutely but I also want to to make sure that I'm doing it in a healthy way
0: exactly exactly yeah Did you get a chance to see the different certifications that may have not been known um, for this particular role, this all collections manager position? Like, um, it's not just because we know about CISSP and some of the other certifications, there's a vast amount of certifications out here that you can get, and just having the foundational skills um, is, is a good thing to have, and you don't necessarily have to have the gold standard, but employers want to see that you at least have the foundational skills. So I don't know if you've seen the different um, certifications.
1: That yes, could I qualify. took a look at them. I will tell you one of them. I I was like I was um, I was um, a little surprised to see, which is the the CompTIA Plus. But then I you know as I as we're discussing this, I can see how. Um, having the, the foundational knowledge of how a computer works. Yeah, um, but that, yeah, that's going to be helpful for a manager. So um, that was the only one that, like, that kind of made me uh, take stop and go, hmm, but the network plus, security plus, absolutely those I think are vital. And I wasn't aware of the uh, Certified Business Intelligence Professional Certification. That was the first time that I'd seen that one, as well as the Certified Software Business Analyst. I had not heard of those before
0: yeah 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 because um um, the one certified business intelligence professional is unique because um, there's a lot of intelligence gathering in this collection manager position that the foundational skills of collection will probably be taught in that, and'll help you in in that particular role, so it's good to look at these certifications and see what the curriculum is and see how it aligns with the role that you're going after or applying for. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So what type of questions do you have for me that um that some of your needs that you have right now? What are you um struggling with um are you in the cybersecurity field now, or are you pursuing it, or what's your goal? Yeah, so
1: I, I'm I'm in the cybersecurity field via a uh, higher education. So one of the okay. needs that I have is um, I want to continue to be able to encourage um, my fellow women who are uh, my my uh, my audience base um, or student base, I should say, is um Most often they're going to be um, women that are age 36 and above. They're oftentimes career changers. They're not the typical um, 18 to 24 year old you know first starting out um, you know college, but women who are managing, going to college, managing their family, and and also oftentimes managing um, a full- time job. So I want to be a support for them. I want to be encouragement for them. I want to be an example for them.
0: That's beautiful. That's beautiful. And I see that in you, too, with you volunteering for the organization that I found you a part of. Yeah, so yeah.
1: That's amazing. That's
0: one of re- yeah, yeah. And um, that's one of the reasons why I do what I do, because I struggled at the very beginning, and I almost gave up because people that, they didn't look like me. I, there weren't any other black women in my classes. Um, there was one other black male, and we stuck together because we were the only ones out of the sea of people that were going after computer information systems and cybersecurity back then. Um, those opportunities weren't available to us. So that's why I'm mentoring and coaching and advocating for people is one of the things that we all have to do if we want this career and cybersecurity to solve this problem, if we're going to have individuals ready to to take these jobs. So that's my whole mission and purpose.
1: You know, yeah, I like
0: yeah. the fact that that's one of the things that you want to do too. And Absolutely. one of the things, yeah, and work-life balance is going to be key because I know um, in my last job, it got kind of overwhelming, and you got to find you got to find you have to take care of yourself. Self care has to be key to doing the job because cybersecurity is a stressful position, and so mental health, um, uh, exercising, eating right, all that's going to play a role, and, and you can burn yourself out. So, that's definitely something that. I wanna share with and encourage women that you can do it even if you have a family, you can still do cybersecurity, you just have to take care of yourself. So do you find yourself being overwhelmed working in cybersecurity and finding that work life balance?
1: Yeah, there are definitely have been times in which um I will I will <laughs> I will lose track of my day and then um I'll look down, and it's maybe like 6 or 7 o'clock, and then I'll still say, but just one more email. <laughs> and I think that's because I'm enjoying what I'm doing, and I also know that there are students who are seeking information or, you know, they are may have instructors that are asking a question that I, that I know eventually goes back to a student, a woman who's in need. And so... Um, I I totally understand the the need to take care of oneself because if I'm empty, then I will have nothing to give to others. Um, And so Mm -hmm. one of the things that I do is, you know, I try to, um, and I'm not always good at it, but I try to take those few minutes and just breathe or uh, look outside or, uh, you know, just just take a break. Mm
0: -hmm. Yes, yes. And right now during this pandemic what's gonna be key is keeping up your your routine and your self care. Just because time just it seems like it's just you can't you can't keep track, like it just seems like time is standing still. So, you know, to be productive you've gotta have a routine and self care and exercise and all this stuff just to keep your mental state, you know.
1: Agreed. Absolutely agree. So,
0: yeah, and so I advocate For that, um, one of the things I like doing before a call or before a meeting or before something stressful, I like to meditate and just take a minute and ground myself and take deep breaths and just be in the present moment. And a lot of people, some people may have done it or some people might just not even think it's worth it, but it sets the tone for you to be right there where you need to be in that present time. So. That's something that I okay. advocate, too. So I don't know yeah, what type of... Yeah, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. You were asking to ask a question. Yeah, I was going to say, do you have any self-care, de-stressing activities that, that kind of are your go-to things to do to keep you in the right mindset, whether it's spiritually or
1: physically or mentally? Absolutely. I think one of the things that I... Um, First and foremost is when I get up in the morning, and I, I, I say a prayer and I say thank you. You know, thank you for you know the day because I know that it is a blessing. I think giving, giving, giving thanks, showing gratitude for the things that I do have is a very, very important um, to me, and that's what I try to, to show my children as well. Um, throughout the day, um, you know, if, if I'm if if I'm find my emotion getting the best of me, I'm gonna I go back to prayer. Um, I also enjoy um, being outside, sitting on my deck gives me peace. I also love being near water, um, of course, social distancing, um, but being near water. I love, love, love water. Um, and then in the evening, there's an, actually an app on my iPhone um, that I downloaded, and it's called Calm, C-A-L-M, that has uh, become my go-to in the evenings, and it has, um, you know, short 10 to 15-minute meditation um, I won't say videos, I'll say audios because you listen to them. or it has if you should wake up in the middle of the night, it, it has a uh, I think it's like a forty five minute um, thing that you can listen to where you're it's teaching you to meditate to to um, ease back into sleep. So you know using things like that I think is is um, very helpful for me. What about you? Now you said meditation mm. do, you do anything else other than meditation?
0: Yeah, meditation,
1: and one of my top strengths is spirituality?
0: So, like, I read a daily devotional. First thing, when I get up in the morning, I'm reading um, right now this book by Joyce Myers, um, The Confident Woman, and yeah. it has a lot of daily devotionals, which backed by scripture and prayer, and for some reason, like, I, I bought the book in 2018, and consistently every day I read, and I read it several times. Like, that day I read it, and then the next day I stay on that page and make sure it gets into me as much as possible, like I absorb it. <laughs> and for some reason, like, wonderful things have happened because I've been reading this book since 2018, and the confidence level has boosted. So so that's, that's one of the things, like, the daily devotional. That's, like, my go-to. And then um, praying and um, reading and even my writing my book and journaling, like being grateful, like writing three things that you're grateful for, whether it's every day or whether it's at the end of the week, like what happened in that past week that was that you're grateful for, what good things have happened, because that tends to put you in a moment to just celebrate and be grateful that you're not in a worst case situation. So, Gratitude is a strength of mine, too, and being grateful and writing it down every day and saying, "Okay, what happened today that moved me forward to my next goal, or yeah, um, did I spend time with family or did i did I clean or did I get my groceries what What did I accomplish Little things it doesn't matter what it is, <laughs> but
1: just taking the time out to reflect, I think is important it is very important. Very, very important. Yes. It doesn't have to be. I like when you stated that it doesn't. Ha- it could be something small, something small um, to show gratitude. I think is very important. Yeah,
0: yeah, because it um, it puts you in a positive mindset. Like with all the negativity is going on. Like I'm a type of person that likes to watch the news, but it gets kind of negative at some point, and you can overdo it. And so, like, I have to take a break from that and just, like, shut it down because the crime and everything that's going on, you can get absorbed in that, and it can affect your mood. So limiting the news coverage is something that is part of my self-care, too. Even though I love learning and knowing what's going on, you can be overwhelmed in that, too, and it can affect your emotions. So
1: It really can. It really can. I've also had to do that as well. I want to stay informed, as you say, you know, as you indicated, about what's going on around me, um, but oftentimes all that I see and hear are negative things.
0: Yeah, yeah, and that affects your mood. That affects how you treat other people. It puts you in a funk. <laughs> Excuse my language, but <laughs> yeah. it does. So you have to watch that because you can take it out on your friends and family and all that, and they'll be like, well, what's wrong with you? So you got to, that mental state is, I always go back to that because that sets the tone for how you're going to enjoy your day. So you've got to have that right. So I limit it. I get the news, but I kind of cut it off after a certain point because I want to know what's going on. So, yeah, it's a fine line with that.
1: It really is. I wanted to, know, you know. So I'm like, okay, Beth. Did you find out what the, you know? There are certain. Um, I've also been able to find other ways to get what I need to know. Like for example, I don't need to turn on the news to find out the weather. I can. There's a weather app. So you know, it's being able to know when I've gotten what I need and let go of the rest.
0: Exactly. 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 So um I. I don't know if you told me if you've um if you went after college degrees or is that something you want to advance in um the number of degrees that you have but how are you with like um the education, the college degree? Do you believe that you need to have like a four year degree or a PhD or how do you feel about that with the requirements that employers
1: are asking for? While I um I while those requ- while the requirements of employers vary and they, often, they oftentimes um, change with where the world is at a certain point, I still mm-hmm. foundationally believe that um, having a minimum of a four-year degree is important. I think it's such an accomplishment. Um, I love to see people go even further, but having um, a minimum of four-year degree So for me personally, go ahead, I'm sorry. I agree with
0: that because um, a lot of people, like, I'm hearing things now that they're saying that getting a college degree is a waste of time, and I don't think I would have been in the positions that I've had in the past if I didn't go after at least a four-year degree. And I've advanced and got more, and I want to do more, but I think – if you want to have a sustainable career, you at least need to invest in yourself and get that four-year degree. So I'm totally an advocate for that, too. So I was just wondering yeah. what you thought about that. Yeah. Cause I, you Because I don't know if you're hearing that because the cost is going up, people are reconsidering whether
1: they should even do it, you know. Yes, yes. And that's why I say that, yeah, I started off by, by indicating that whether or not um, employers value that four-year um, degree Often depends on where we are within our economy, what's going on in our world, um, and so it also depends on what specific areas that you are trying to get into. Like for example, um, I, I don't foresee ever in my lifetime that you can be a doctor without those degrees. Right. As an you know, as an extreme an extreme example, however, for a different type. Role that you're looking to get into, maybe a four-year degree won't be needed, but I'm hoping that it will be desired by that person.
0: Exactly. And that's the difference. Like the desire of the person, I think it should be one of those professional development goals that you desire to go after, whether it's required or not, because it just puts you in a better place. So. It does.
1: It does. It does. For me, um, for me I, I did – I did the non-traditional route. I did not go to immediately go to college right after um, high school. Um, I didn't do that, but I still continued to um, educate myself. And so, I recently finished my second master's degree. Um, and I was at a point. I'm like, "Are right, my done?" But I still don't have that feeling of um, that I'm done or, or that I have arrived. I still feel there's more to know. Um, so I do, you know, I do have that dream. Um, that candle was lit. That dream is lit. That plant, that seed is implanted. But I do have the desire to someday have the PhD. That
0: is so beautiful. Like, what did you find it like a stressful time to go after those degrees? Like, what was your college experience after going back as an older adult? Because I did the same thing when I started in the 90s. I got my associate's degree when I was like 21, and then I took a break, and then I went back in 20 and went through 2014, and it was a different experience when I was, like, in my early 20s. So <laughs> how was Definitely. your experience? Was it, like, a stressful, my, like, getting
1: used to everything, or how was your experience? It was um, – I also did – I did a community college first and got my associate's degree, and then I got a bachelor's, then I got a master's, and then I got another master's, um, but – at the time that I completed um, any of my degrees, I was already a mom.
0: Wow, that's so a I lot. Was,
1: yeah, I was working a full time job, being a mom, um, and and pursuing my education. And so for me, um, it was cool to sit at the kitchen table um, with my children, and we were all we all had homework to do. So you know, for me, I was trying to the example for them. So I didn't want to hear from them that they didn't feel like studying because my mommy could say, well, I have to study too. Um, and I wanted to show them that it was possible. Um, but, it, yeah, there are some days where it was very difficult because you had to make that sacrifice with your time. And you had to oftentimes choose, do I want to hang out with friends or family or do I want to get my assignment done or study for a test?
0: Mm-hmm. Yes. So, yes. And, but it was worth. You, it was worth the sacrifice. Did you see people that that were diverse in your degree program? Did you see other people look like you, or was it still more so um, majority Caucasian as a, and you know, like what did you see? What was the makeup like for you? At,
1: sure. So, um, with the and I'll go by. I'll quickly touch upon each of the degrees. The associate's degree, I saw diverse. Uh, but I was at a community college, with the um, uh, with the bachelor's degree, diverse, um, with the um, first master's degree was 100 percent online. Um, mm-hmm. However, I did have interactions with um, you know written reactions or interactions, I should say. I'm sorry, interactions. With individual, we talked about you know what we had learned, and so it was nice to see that there were even with the cybersecurity degree there were some women, um, but not a lot. Um, with my most recent, with my most recent master's degree that was in person, and so it was a lot, um, very few women. But I was determined not to let that stop me.
0: Mm. Yes, yeah, so you were using your perseverance strength, even though that's yes. like, I'm
1: like yes, that's at so
0: the cute. bottom, I think. I think that's your 24, and I don't understand why it's number 24. <laughs> oh, yes, yes, but you definitely had to have perseverance to get to the two master's degrees. I can uh, testify to that. <laughs> 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 like, I'm,
1: you know, I'm not yeah. going to stop. I'm not going to stop because um, I feel it's important. And it's very, very important.
0: Yeah, and I know your children were so proud of you, too, like
1: setting the example. They didn't have any excuses, like if mommy can do it, you can, too. Absolutely, absolutely, and I and that means a lot to me that they are proud of me.
0: Hmm. Yes, yeah, yes, yeah, yes. Yeah. Um, one of the things that I cover in my book, Breaking the Cyber Code, is that there's a lot of scholarships and grants and fellowships out here that a lot of people don't know about, and I made a mistake of taking out a lot of student loans, so now I have a lot of debt to pay back, but I don't want the next individual to have to pay these crazy amounts just to get an education, so that's why I provided, like, a list of different scholarships and grants that people can apply to because they don't know they're out here, and it's just as simple as writing, like, an essay or just responding or showing your grades or whatever the case may be, you can possibly go college-free, debt-free, I mean. So I don't know what your experience was, but I know I'm still paying for my college education right
1: now. <laughs> yeah, and I do apologize. My, my uh, dog is, is barking in the background. But, yeah, I took out student loans, um, and I wasn't aware of a lot of scholarships. Um nor did I know how to go and find them. So now that, you know, you know better, you do better. So I think being able to share that information with other women, other people, um, to help with the cost of education, I think is so very important. Yes, yes, and that's
0: why I have, with my 15-year-old daughter, I'm having her looking like the list of scholarships that I um, listed. I'm gonna make sure that she applies to those and make sure that she goes to school debt free because I'm not in a position to pay for <laughs> another high debt like that. So I'm like, well, you're gonna have to go after these things and get some good grades. So, <laughs> but I didn't. I don't want people to be di- discouraged to think that they have to pay all these crazy amounts. So I'm like, okay, there's. I found at least three hundred different scholarships that are STEM focused. Whether you're going into science, technology, engineering, or math, you can apply to them. And some of them are like a full ride. So definitely, there won't be any excuses. Like the debt shouldn't stop you.
1: You know. And how? Um, how are you? Or what? Hello. Sakina, can you hear me? I can hear you now. Okay, wonderful. I was asking how will you um use um how can someone learn about the, those scholarships? Um when they purchase the book the, the when
0: they purchase the book the list is all in there. I don't know if you've seen when I sent you over the first um series, um, there's um, Like, if you're – whatever state that you're in, there's a governor's talent investment agency, workforce development team that offers, like, scholarships uh, for people that want to go to school debt-free. And that was one of the ways that I did get some help back in the early 2000s. Um, My governor had this – I forget the name of the program, but – it covered two years of my college degree, and I just had to submit my grades and um, meet with a coach every semester, and they paid, like, $10,000 worth of my schooling. So
1: people – That's wonderful. To,
0: yeah. You, I think it was called No Worker Left Behind or something like that. It was a unique thing because it was back when we had the recession, the first depression, I mean, back in the – um. 2007, 2008, and it was just bad out here. So they were trying to figure out all kind of programs to get people employed, and I'm the type of person that looks at the news and looks and researches and stuff, and I applied. And it was just it was really good because it held me accountable when I had to turn in my grades and in order to keep the grant coming. I had to meet with them and make sure I'm, you know, getting the, you know, turning in everything and holding myself accountable. So there's grants out here with the governor or or the city government. Um, It can be with the state, city, local. And then um, I have a resource called um, Career One Stop. It's online, and all you have to do is just put in whatever industry you want to go in, and it will come back with all the scholarships and grants that you can apply for in that field. And there's all types, um, whether it's Google, whether it's Microsoft, or whether it's just a family that left funds behind and wants to support um, future professionals, there's all kind of ways that you can go debt-free. So I
1: have that in my
0: book um, as one of the resources, too. And And I look,
1: yes, yes, I can't wait to get my my book that, that has, um, you know, that it's autographed by you. We talked about that yesterday. Yes. My book. <laughs> you know, I want to support you and um, you know, what you're trying to do. I think it's so very positive. One of the things I'd yes. love to hear your feedback on is career changers. So we have all these cybersecurity roles that are available. What what do you what suggestions do you have to change careers to get into cyber? For
0: people, you're saying like a a person that was in a different industry and wants to get into cybersecurity? Yes. Yeah, yeah. like if I think, like even what I told you when you want to go up to your CISSP, if you immerse yourself in the self-help books, whether it's on that subject or if you go to an organization and volunteer to work on different projects, for free, you have to have a passion for it and you have to be willing to work for free just to get that experience because most people think that you just apply and people are just going to give you the job, but it takes some effort on you to, you know, show an initiative. So when I first graduated with just an associate's degree, I'm like, okay. I know I can get the job because at that time it was a Y two K problem and I was that's everything that was in the news and I was like, Okay, well I can go work for a company and help them solve this computer problem or whatever But they were like, No, it it was people that didn't look like me and they didn't you know, I was a woman and I only had an associate's degree, so I said okay, I'm going to be overqualified next time. I'm going to go back to school. I'm going to read. I'm going to go into these boot camps. I'm going to volunteer. It takes a lot of work, but if you really, really want to do it and you have to make sure this is something you really want to do, you have to take the initiative, and sometimes you have to work for free until somebody gives you that chance, and a lot of people – Gave me the chance because they seen me working so hard, and it was like, Okay, I know someone that can get you into this role over here might not be what you want, but it's a step in the door, and then when you prove yourself, then somebody else will give you an opportunity so I just think that you just have to take the initiative, and whether it's building a computer system at home and testing out stuff virtually, I mean. There's books on, how-to books everywhere. All you got to do is go on Amazon or Google something. It'll give you step-by-step blueprints on how to build a lab at home. So I think it's possible, and um, it just takes initiative, but there are employers that are kind of asking for all these requirements, and they're not really necessary, and I'm hoping with this, you know, this change in the economy and people needing people to work um, um, to fill these roles, that they'll be a little more lenient on the requirements. Because even though they're asking for a master's degree and CISSC and all that type of stuff, as long as you have the abilities and wherewithal and you're willing to work, you can learn this stuff. You can go after those foundational certifications and just show them the work that you've done, keep a portfolio of the things, the projects that you volunteered on, um, get rec- letters of recommendations from the people that you um, volunt- you know, the organizations that you help, have them write up a recommendation letter and
1: share that stuff in the interview. That's how I did it. Wow, that's awesome. And I love that advice. I love the. I love that you stated that oftentimes you may need to volunteer your time and do some work for free to get the experience that you need. Yeah, and, and most people, like,
0: if they're not passionate about going into cyber security, they're not going to do that, and that's the test right there. It's like, do you really want to do this? If you're really passionate about this, will you go into an organization and say, just Do you need help with me writing a policy for you? Do you need me to do a vulnerability scan? Do you need me to put this computer together? And, like, you know, people need those services. I think small businesses right now that don't have the funds to implement cybersecurity are looking for people to come in and help them just do the basic stuff. You know what I'm saying? These big organizations, they have a security team, but – these small businesses are the weakest link because they don't have the budget for it. So there's plenty of opportunities. You just have to look for them and build those relationships. And whether it's an a, a association of IT professionals like ISACA or I think even the CISSP, IC Square, have chapters and stuff. And even I see the organization that you volunteer for, there are people that are seeing it and when they see you taking your free time to join and network and build these relationships, people that see you there will be like, Wow, she's motivated. Let's see I have this project or I know somebody. Let's see how you do on this. You know, it's it's about who you know. It's about who you know too, but, you know, when people see you taking the initiative then they'll put their name behind you and they'll vouch for you. So you just have to prove yourself. Absolutely.
1: Absolutely. One of the things that I encourage um, the students to do is, um, you know, to do internships so that, so that as they're learning and they're going through their education journey that they're getting some of that experience along the way so that when they are done with their undergraduate degree, they have, you know, over the four years that they've studied, you know, if they're doing it part-time, then they would have the equivalent of two years' experience to put on their resume.
0: Mhm. Yes, yeah. and what I discovered in writing this book that uh, with a minimum of a associate's degree and like one year's of experience, you can get one of these IT roles, and you'll be even better if you get one of the certifications that not necessarily require you to have all this experience, like some of the ones that we discussed, go after those because the foundational principles don't change. You know what I'm saying, so if you get the yeah. foundational um experience, that shows initiative and it's and go after the generic name certifications, don't necessarily specialize in like the Microsoft or the Cisco's like try to find something general that is foundational because those things don't change and whatever program that you go into, you're going to get the basics, the same information that you can use at any organization, whatever technology that they have. So that's another thing that I learned, too. Don't necessarily go after these specialized. The, more, the higher you go up and the, and the more um, experience you get, those employers might require that you go after certain certifications, but to get started,
1: you just need the foundation. Agreed. I absolutely agree. Um, yeah, I totally agree with that. I think there's a there's there's a need to um, for often um, workers that want to get into the field to be willing um, to humble themselves to take a role and also uh, a salary that may not be as high as they want it to be, with the with the understanding that in time, with and with knowledge in the, and, and as they build their capabilities, that they will be ready, um, not ready, but they will then be eligible for those higher roles that have the higher um, salaries.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: That's how, that's how
0: I learned. Um, I worked for, I don't know if you ever heard of Toastmasters, but um, I um, volunteered at Toastmasters, and they needed a webmaster because no one knew how to do computers. And I put that on my resume, and people were like, yes, that's experience. You know, whether it was paid or not, you got the experience. You can put that on your resume. Any of these volunteer jobs, that's experience, whether it's paid or not. And that looks different to an employer because they're like, wow, you know, she's willing to take the initiative, you know, whether it's paid or not. Take those roles. Learn what you can learn. And put it on your resume. Agreed. That's how you get started. Agreed. Agreed. It, so you're going to have to have a passion and a love for it, and you're going to have to do some things for free, and people don't want to hear that, but that's what it takes.
1: Yes, yes, yeah, yes. Yeah. And I think that, you know what, um, the the role that I'm doing as, as I am volunteering, I am having an absolute blast. I'm getting the opportunity to meet so many wonderful people. That's how you and I got connected um, and so I'm really grateful for that and you know so this is my pitch out to everyone that um consider volunteering, consider giving back to others
0: exactly, exactly all righty then so I, before we end, I wanted to know was there any takeaways or anything that um you needed for me um to move forward um we're going to continue this, and I'm going to offer um, the content of the different 52 roles in a nice framework, and discuss um, jobs that are out there for them, the salaries, the the grants, the scholarships, what certifications you can go after, what opportunities are out there. So that's what the purpose of this group is: is for tech professionals that are looking for a way to break into cybersecurity, that roles are out here and um, grants and everything is out here. So, you know, that's what this group is for, to make you aware of that if you, you're considering a role in cybersecurity. So any takeaways or anything that you need from me or
1: anything you wanted to ask before we end this session? No, this has been a wonderful conversation. I appreciate being able to um, to engage in this conversation with you. I've learned so, so very much. And I look to forward conversations and more presentations, and definitely reading your book. Yay!
0: Cool. All right. Well, I'm going to end this recording, and thank you very much. You.